is the Go Blue Crew. Hello, everyone. Welcome into the Go Blue Crew. I'm Tyler Fenwick with Derek Devine. Derek, the NCAA tournament is here. Uh, we're recording this on a Friday evening, so we're kind of in the thick of it right now. The two most special days of the year, really, for for college sports fans anyway have you been able to consume much basketball in these first hours yeah actually uh been able to watch since it started and didn't have to you know hit the old boss button on the on the uh you know ncaa.com because we actually had a little little small you know social distance safe get together to watch some games on a projector so what's the boss button yeah, you know, if you if you go to March Madness on demand, there's always historically been a boss button that oh. <laughs> if your boss walks by, you hit and it makes it look like you're working. It's something they've done <laughs> for years. I love it. This year, it ends up turning into a Zoom call with other college team mascots. So the boss button looks totally unlegit this year. Um, you know, anyone walking by seeing you on a call with you know brutus the buckeye and i think i can't think of the other names but the you know the oregon duck and and a few others um yeah obviously you're not fooling anybody but no i didn't have to do that this year you know the way it's set up with friday saturday that doesn't mean you know usually i'd have to take all thursday and all friday you know basically off of work to enjoy but you know kind of different this year so i'll be able to watch all the way through hopefully that's good. We know Michigan's opponent uh, tomorrow, Saturday, Texas Southern. They came out of the first four. They beat Mount St. Mary's 60-52. to 52. Uh, Came back. They were down 10 at halftime. And, you know, we spend all season watching college basketball, and then you get to the NCAA tournament, and you're like, well, I don't know anything about Texas Southern. I don't know anything about Mount St. Mary's. You know, we, we run into these teams. We're like, oh, crap. Uh, I guess for as much as I watched, I really don't know much of anything. Did you see? Well, first of all, did you get to watch uh, Texas Southern in that first four game? I only got to watch a little bit of it. Um, you know, mostly okay. saw the result, paid attention just, you know, obviously to know uh, who Michigan was playing. You know, obviously going to pick Michigan regardless of who the opponent was. But, what you know, what I do find interesting in Texas Southern is it is a team that's hot right now. Um, you know, they've found a way to come back, win that game. And, you know, like we, we saw, and, and just for some context, you know, you mentioned Friday evening, you know, we're just we're just coming off of Oral Roberts um, taking down Ohio State as a 15 yeah. seed. You know, we saw Virginia lose as a one seed a few years ago. So, you know, likely Michigan will win, but, you know, definitely some interest in that first four just to know who the opponent was. And, yeah, curious to see this Texas Southern team take on the Wolverines. Basically, what you need to know is John Walker the third put up 14 shots, scored 19 points. Uh, he's a nice size forward. And uh, it's one of those things where Mount St. Mary's, I thought, played such a slow-paced game that I – I don't know what kind of conclusions we can draw from what Texas Southern was able to do. By the way, Texas Southern uh, shares a distinction with uh, uh, who else? Who else? Texas Southern is an HBCU is what I'm trying to say. And I can't remember the other HBCU in, in who, who made it through. But uh, just one of two, by the way, just a little little nugget of information there. So 
the thing, of course, that everybody's going to be looking at is like, what does Michigan look like without Isaiah Livers? You would hope that like it it doesn't matter when you are playing a 16 seed, but you know we had really good first four games. Like all of them were pretty good. I think the largest margin of victory was eight points. You mentioned Ohio State going down to number 15 seed. Uh, Tennessee, as we record this, is about to lose to Oregon State. That'd be a 12-5 upset. The the tide here is that you're you're looking at like really close, really good games. And so, do you think there's a potential here that like not having Isaiah Livers matters right off the bat? Yeah, I think when you, I mean, when you are missing a such a key contributor like an Isaiah Livers, I think that makes you know life for Michigan difficult um you know they lost him at such a you know tough time too you know right at the end of the season so they've had you know little time to prepare for a team that they just found out that they were playing yesterday um and you've had you know not a ton of time since the announcement of Isaiah Livers being out uh, has happened to just prepare for you know life without him in the lineup um and so you feel less comfortable about this team in general heading into the NCAA tournament um, to the point where, yeah, even, you know, it's, it's only happened the one time. Um, but when you look at a team like Texas Southern, who's hot and, you know, rallied in a, in, in a game a day ago, um, and then you see a team like Earl Roberts, and now granted they had the, you know, the nation's top leading scorer and they had two guys pop off for, I think, 30 apiece. Uh, and Ohio State just didn't play good basketball. But, you know, the threat is there. Um, I think the threat, you know, gets way bigger as you move on past this game. Um, but when you look at the spread, um, you know, over 20 points, you know, that's where you don't feel comfortable because I could see this game, you know, definitely being a 10 point victory. I mean, there's been, there's been 15 seeds that have beaten twos and, you know, not to poke fun at another rival, but the middle Tennessee state beat Michigan state. They were a 15 seed. Um, it happens. I feel confident that Michigan can win this one even without Isaiah Livers. But as you look at their matchups after this, which, you know, I'm sure we'll get into, you know, that's where you've lost that confidence that we maybe had, you know, say three weeks ago. Okay. Uh, Norfolk State, by the way, the other HBCU, it took me a second to find them on the bracket to get my memory back. Uh, Before we look at Michigan's road in, in the East region, although directions don't mean anything when everybody's in like the same city but uh i want to get your take just quickly if if you think michigan is actually the the number four overall seed if you think they're the weakest of the number one seeds yeah i'd say you know with how the season ended absolutely and i would say now looking at you know what every team has moving forward and there's injuries you know across multiple teams there's teams that have lost guys um, because of COVID protocols. But yeah, I'd say, you know, you're still number four in terms of the one seed. And, you know, maybe in your own region in the East, you're still the best team. Uh, but I'd say there's probably a couple of number two seeds, including maybe even in Iowa, um, could be stronger at this point. Or, you know, Houston's played some really good basketball throughout the year. You know, there's some dangerous three seeds um, in this tournament as well. And so, you know, not a ton of comfort uh, because of the, you know, how Michigan ended the season in, in life without Isaiah Livers. But if you do look at their region, um, you do look at their, you know, their potential, uh, even without a star, 
they have the pieces to make a deep run. Um, it's just, you know, what team shows up, how quickly they can pull together, you know, great offense and great defense without livers. And, and then really, you know, the way the tournament goes, especially with teams like a Texas Southern or um, even an LSU, um, you know, St. Bonaventure, anyone who they could eventually meet up with, you know, teams usually play their best basketball in the tournament when they're the underdog. Um, and so that's something definitely to look out for because a weak, weaker Michigan team without Isaiah Livers uh, is definitely a little bit more vulnerable as you head into the end of the first weekend, you know, and into the second weekend if they happen to make it. Yeah, so uh, Michigan plays at 3. Or is it 3.30? I think it's 3. Last I, okay. last I checked. Okay, so Michigan plays at 3 against Texas Southern. By halftime of that game, uh, we should know that who Michigan would play in the second round, either LSU or St. Bonaventure. Do you have a preference there? I mean, that's an 8-9 matchup. I, I don't know if you would like prefer one over the other. Yeah, so that's where... I, you know, and it's every tournament, I, I feel this way too. Um, that's where a team like a St. Bonaventure, I'll look at a Loyola Chicago too. You know, they, they find a way to beat yeah. Georgia Tech today. Yeah. Uh, but it sometimes can be hard to pick those teams that don't play, you know, in a notable conference. And it's not like the SEC was great this year. Florida had a big victory today. Colin Calston, by the way, shout out to him. Obviously, a former Michigan player, um, had a heck of a game today. Um, obviously, Alabama and Michigan's region has looked good. Um, you know, LSU has great talent. They just can't defend, especially in the paint. And so I like the Michigan-LSU matchup better uh, because I do think that Michigan's players are better. Um, when it comes to a team like a St. Bonaventure, you know, I would imagine, you know, even though it's an easy, you know, nine over eight pick, and I'm sure a lot of people have it, I picked it myself. Um I do worry about a team like that, you know, that nine seed that comes from a small conference that could just have a magical run in them. So I think I'd rather see LSU. Um, I think it's going to be the Bonnies and, you know, I'd be a little worried about the Bonnies because they're a team that can, you know, flat out play, even if they haven't had a ton of, you know, big matchups this season. Well, that would just, I think, be a tougher matchup for Michigan offensively because uh, it's not like the offense for the Wolverines has, has been, fantastic down the stretch and then you, right. you take out Isaiah Livers and it's even more hampered uh and and like you said I mean the Bonnies play good defense LSU not so much uh we know that Michigan's defense is pretty good and so I I think you know you'd rather probably see uh, St. Bonaventure or excuse me you'd probably see L you would uh, rather see LSU if I can just find my words uh in the second round uh, next time we podcast, you know, if Michigan wins two in a row, then we'll be talking about Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eights. Is there a team in the, in this bracket that you think poses like a significantly uh, bigger challenge than others? I mean, you look down at uh, two seed Alabama. There's there's Florida State. Uh, that's kind of a popular team in in this region. Uh, three seed Texas. Anybody in there kind of making you nervous down the road? Yeah, I think all the way down the line. Um, you know, the way I have it picked is a little bit different than how, you know, I feel what could happen. Uh, obviously you make picks kind of go with your gut, I guess. Um, but I look at, you know, the LSU squad, they've got the athletes to turn it on and they could, you know, potentially make a run. Um, I like the way Georgetown really played in, in the tournament. Um, you know, I just think that like they, again, just 
pure athletes. You know, they really had a tough season up until that point, but they're a pretty tough 12 seed. You know, at one point I had them playing Michigan um, in the Elite Eight um, just because they're, they're so hot. Um, you know, don't know a ton about Colorado, um, but Florida State, uh, a veteran team. You know, Florida State and Michigan have, have matched up before, um, and I feel like that's always a tough battle. Um, and then, yeah, you skip down to Texas. You know, there's a lot of people high on UConn's, the seventh seed. And then Alabama has proven all season that they're, you know, a much better team than they have been in, in recent seasons. So I really do think if you look at all of the regions, uh, Michigan is in a region where, you know, I'd say there's four or five teams that you could see um, representing that region at the end of the at the end of the tournament. So how many brackets do you fill out? Uh, so I fill out correct answer here. I fill out uh, multiple brackets, but oh, except no. for a mistake I made, um, they're always usually the same picks. Um, I think I think I found myself in, in a couple of groups um, forget to change one pick, um, which of course ended up being a loss. Um, but you know, I think I have technically three brackets this year, but you know, they're submitted in kind of different groups. You know. Okay. Mostly because I like to change the name, but you know my picks, except for you know that one mess up this year, uh, my picks are always the same no matter how many brackets I have. Okay, I respect that. I respect that. I, I don't like it when people walk around here with eight different brackets, uh, because it's definitely cheating. You fill out one bracket, preferably you know on paper. I right. couldn't find a printer this year. We have right. a printer same. that this doesn't work. And this then... is you know usually in the I went from printing it at home back in the day growing up and, and then I was printing it in the office and working remote and, you know, apparently not being able to afford a printer or needing a printer, I guess. I don't know which one of the two. I don't know how expensive they are. They seem expensive, right? Printers got to be expensive. I don't know. I feel like you could find a cheap one. Probably, maybe but I like... feel like it'd print like, you know, the bracket yeah. weird. You know, the, yeah, the bracket like is like line. a sacred piece of paper. Like that is, is one of the most <laughs> important things you print all year. If you, and so, if you were ever going to splurge on paper quality, it would be oh, 100%. And you got to make sure you get one that like, you know, some of those, like the landscape version is like a little off centered and it looks real dumb on, on the, you know, the kitchen counter, the, you know, the dining room <laughs> table, wherever it is. But yeah, no, I'm all, I'm all digital this year. And, you know, historically... Okay at least in the last five to six years, maybe when I was younger, I messed around a little bit, but you know, I'm pretty solid with, with my picks, no matter how many entries I have. Okay. Before we go, I have Michigan losing to Florida state in the sweet 16. I was curious how far you have Michigan going. Well, with my heart this year, and that's always a mistake, always. but I kind of have a thing and, you know, I wish I had the time to, or worship, I guess I should say, I wish I would have prepared to talk about this, um, knowing that you'd probably ask. But I kind of have a thing where if Michigan is a legitimate threat to, you know, win the national championship, I usually take them, um, you know, because at that point, you know, it's a good team. Um, and, you know, others are likely to, you know, think similarly of them. Now, this year, again, they kind of had a, you know, a rough end of the season, regular season and, and tournament. Um, didn't end the way you wanted it to, you know, still big 10 champs. So, you know, congratulations on that. Now you're down Isaiah livers. So, you know, my confidence of picking them, you know, is definitely not nearly as high as it would have been. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you put them on that one line, you put them anywhere, you know, all the way down to three. 
I'm probably going to have them in my final four at least, um, if not going all the way. So I've got that Michigan-Illinois matchup just because, oh my goodness, I would love to see that, and I would love to see Michigan beat the Illini. Our governor in Indiana has a Michigan-Illinois national championship game. Interesting. I don't. I just that I, that's something I have stored in my memory bank for some reason. Is but this uh, interesting? You know, I, I guess I maybe I'm not as familiar with some of these tiny schools. Are there no Indiana squads in an Indiana tournament? That is true. Like they get to host the NCAA tournament, but have no school in the Purdue. state. Purdue. Oh, Purdue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, yeah. That's embarrassing. That we, we were both like, yep, no Indiana come, teams. Come on now. It's 64 teams. Just like you said, you're trying to find the other HBCU. You know, I'm looking at a bracket for like, you know, Indiana A&M. Obviously, that doesn't that might exist, but, you know, they, they're not a tournament team. So, you know, Purdue is one of those that, you know, because of their name, sometimes you doesn't pop. It doesn't pop. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and they get to, I think they get to play. Don't they play in their home court even? Uh, That I couldn't tell you. I don't know. Well, I I do know, you know, regardless, they're obviously West Lafayette, one of the sites. I mean, that's where the couple of the first four games were as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've been there, watched a game there. Um, Me too. Not a Michigan game. Same, same, same. Yeah, no, they don't. So just to clarify with everybody, they look like they play at Lucas Oil. Probably makes sense. You don't want to give a team an advantage. NCAA is usually pretty good at that. So, yeah. Okay. Have we riffed long enough about our brackets? I think so. I just, you know, I think for my final thought, you know, anyone who listens to this or, you know, anyone who roots on Michigan, obviously, hopeful for that national champion run. I think somewhere where you have them getting bounced is probably the most likely, but I think at the end of the day, you know, even without Isaiah livers, um, sometimes I kind of move forward to, you know, guys that may be around next year. Um, um, you know, guys looking to prove themselves. My name for this podcast is, um, Wagner season. You know, I do think they truly do have the tools without Isaiah Livers to make a deep run. I mean, Franz Wagner can play like one of the best players in the nation. Hunter Dickinson, same thing, especially as a big. He's going to be so unguardable if he's playing really well. Um, You've got so many key pieces like a Mike Smith and Eli Brooks, uh, Shawnee Brown, you know, guys that we've talked about a lot this season uh, who, you know, we've, you know, one, as fans, thankful for that, you know, two of those guys you know, chose Michigan as their transfer destination, get some, you know, meaningful postseason play. But, you know, they've also got some other young guys that could step up. And so I think Michigan makes a run, um, probably not as deep as we were once hoping, but, you know, it should be fun. And like you said, best two days, best four days, you know, best time of the year. So I, I'm just excited to watch college basketball all weekend. Yeah, hopefully next time we do this, we'll be previewing Michigan as a second weekend team in the tournament and not putting a bow on this season. But uh, it's going to be you know, most likely a stressful couple of games, at least for stretches. And, and we'll hope for uh, some encouraging signs as Michigan tries to move along in this tournament without Isaiah Livers. So take care until next time and go blue. Go blue.